0: Brothers and sisters, this is the second week of the Mission Month, and this topic today I'm going to share is on Mission Pray. The passage is on Matthew 9, 35 to 38. It talks about Jesus went through all the towns and villages, and teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Mission is God's heart, is God's desire. In Ephesians 1.10, which is the first week of the mission month, it talks about put, to be put into effect when the time reached the fulfillment is to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. To bring unity. That means what? That means all nations be blessed in Christ. This is God's heart. This is God's desire. And this is God's mission. And in Matthew 28, 19, 20, it said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age." Now, this passage particularly signifies the word, make disciples. Now, in order that people can be brought unity and be blessed in Christ, they have to be God's disciples. They have to be Jesus' disciples. And this is the Great Commission. This is God's heart. And in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now here, particular highlight that we have to be Jesus' witnesses. Now, being His witnesses, this is the first stage. And after being His witnesses, then we bring people to Him and make disciples. And when one becomes Jesus' disciples, then He may then be united with Christ. And they be blessed. This is the ultimate goal of, of the whole mission, is to have people blessed in Christ. Now, in order that, uh, to catch God's heartbeat, this is mission. There is a word called world Christians. Now, what is the word world Christian? It's not worldly Christians. By saying being a world Christian means a Christian who concerned about the whole world. Now, here in Acts 1a, they talk about be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But there is always a misunderstanding that, well, it says Jerusalem and then Judea and then Samaria and then the ends of the earth. that's the misunderstanding of this passage and that always give people that an excuse to avoid paying attention to the needs of others we just pay attention to our own because this is the Bible said you know in Jerusalem first and then Judea and then Samaria and then the ends of the world which is a sheer misunderstanding of the whole passage what the real Passage What the real meaning in the passage is You shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and and in Samaria until the end of the earth. Now, this is the true meaning of this passage. You have to concern not just locally, but you always have to concern not just your local area, the local region, but in all the world all the people on earth. Now, this is called world Christians. Now, probably you said, physically, how can I divide myself? Being in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, but your prayer, your concern, your care can always go to different parts of the world. How to be a world Christians? Well, start with prayer. Your prayer can go beyond your local regions. Your prayer can always have to go far, far beyond. You can imagine. True prayer always represents, it carries your care, it carries your desire in God, it carries your participation and emotional attachment. That you really want God's name be honored. You want God's name be praised. On every part of Earth. Prayer helps us know God's heart, but prayer needs to take a price. Here in, here in uh, the Bible, thirty-five verse thirty-five it says, "Jesus went through all the towns and villages, and in thirty-six, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them." Now, please take note on the verb. On the verb here. Jesus went through and saw. We need to pay a price. For what? To really read, to really understand, and to really make clear what you are going to pray. Please understand that those wishy-washy prayer is just a waste of your time. It's also a waste of God's time. We also need to say the informed prayer. We have to be adequately informed when you say the prayer. You cannot just say, well, let's pray, but without knowing what's going to pray. It's meaningless. Jesus went through. It takes efforts. Now, in the old days, when we talk about went through, it means you really have to walk. Well, maybe you may have a mule, you may have a horse, but Very often, in some hilly parts of the road, it's not that easy. And you have to really pay effort to do that. And in order that you can know what's going on there, you need to diligently see and go into the matter. As long as you are paying effort to really make your prayer, God will then show you more. And God will then let you know more of his will and you can feel god's heart and then you can have compassion echoed with god's compassion still remember five six years ago we have the isis islamic state which is a ruthless regimes so cruel and inhuman in all aspects when i read the news when i did the studies I just cannot bear with it, and I just talk to God and I say to God, God, I cannot go to Syria because of my limitations, but I would like to pray for the destruction of the Islamic State every day. I, I can't offer it. I offer and uh, also give support to those uh, refugee works there, and also pray every day. And I also God derives a heart in me that to pray. For the persecuted, and God helped me to derive a heart of compassion on those who on those in need. Very often, if we really pay a heart to understand, you if you really pay effort to really know, God will let you know more. <clears throat> Still remember, Douglas Arthur, which is the five-star general of American Army and also the United Army of uh, Pacific, Pan Pacific areas. He's the uh, chief of staff, chief commander of the army in Pan Pacific areas. At that time, his son was just, uh, I think 10 or 12 or something. And people brought his son to the war room and he was shown a big map, the Pacific map. I don't know when you see the map, What is the first exclamation you would make? Maybe for those young people, they said, wow, I haven't been there. This is Japan. I haven't been there, Philippines. I haven't been there, China. But to this young man, this this very young boy, you know what he said? He said, this is my father's war. Because his heart was with his father's heart. He know his father's heart. When you look at the map, you see this is where the wall is. Brothers and sisters, are your heart with God's heart? Prayer helps us work with God as according to His desire, but it demands us to use a brand new lens to see things. Look at the passage here in 37. Then he said to His his disciples, The harvest is plentiful by the workers of few. Well, can you sense the urgency here? Can you sense it? But how come not so many can see it? Why? Why so, why so many people are just kind of blinded? They don't quite see it. There is always this understanding on the right moment for mission. And in John 4, 35, it said, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field. They are ripe for harvest. Open your eyes and look at the field, but not with your own lens. You have to wear a new lens, which is God's lens. Where often uh, you, you, would, you would think the same thing as, as the disciples thought. At that time, when Jesus was talking about that, He was interacting with a samaritan woman during noontime do you think noontime is an advisable moment to share the gospel with a samaritan woman now under the sun now for those of you if you have been in the middle east it's really hot there not just noontime but most most times of the day are very hot but it is noontime now from we human viewpoint we always think that well This is not an advisable moment, right? Absolutely not a good time to do conversation under the sun. But this is purely from human viewpoint. Yet, from God's viewpoint, it's entirely different because God knows the reason why this woman comes out at noontime. Because she has five husbands. And she just want to avoid the people. So that's why she went out in noontime. And that's the very moment that Jesus caught it and have a good time and share gospel with this woman. And this is from God's viewpoint. This is the best time. Another example is about Robert Morrison's, the first Protestant missionary to China. About two hundred years ago, now think about it. two hundred years ago at that time, China is absolutely not a good time for foreigners. they They are not just kind of uh, discriminating foreigners, but in the in the fact but well, as a matter of fact, they treated the foreigner as the invaders, as those bad guys. and as as Robert Morrison at that time was twenty five, He On board of a a ship, he has to take an en route from from England to New York and then from New York to China because the East India Company did not allow him to get on board their ship to China. So Robert Morrison, at the age of 25, he has to travel almost nine months from England to New York and then from New York to China, but he was not allowed to get into China's land. So he has to find a way to to stay in Macau, which is next to Hong Kong, a small island. At the time when Robert Morrison was on board of the ship, the ship captain talked to him. Hey, young man, where are you going? And Robert Morrison said, I'm going to China. Any reason for you going to China? He said, well, I have a calling to share the gospel, Jesus' gospel to the Chinese. And the ship captain just mocked uh, Robert Morrison, mocking him that, young man, do you think that by yourself you can change this Asian empire? And Robert Morrison responded. He said, well, I see myself cannot, but my God can. Prayer demands us to put aside our human lands, to wear, to take up God's lands. Another misunderstanding is on the misunderstanding of the misunderstanding of the right field. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Now, Samaria at that time was treated as a taboo or no-go field by Jesus' disciples. Very often the Samaritans and the Jews are hostile to each other. They don't talk to each other. They even would not travel or pass each other's place. And they treat it as a place of no-go, at the taboo place by the disciples. And yet, Jesus made the way to Samaria, because this is the right place. This is the right field to get harvest. Jesus saw it as a right field, ready to be harvested harvested. If you care to read on, on further chapters on John, you will find that later on that woman brought his fellowmen, fellow countrymen to know Jesus and to follow Jesus. Now, the question is, why is so huge difference in terms of judgment between the disciples and Jesus? Well, simple. We humans always judge things from pure materialistic viewpoint. But Jesus, our God, sees things from God's view, which is spiritual viewpoint. So we have to take up God's lens and put off Our human lens, in order that we can really understand God. Prayer helps us work with God as according to His desires. In verse thirty-eight, it said, "Ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into His harvest field." Now, think about it. What a beautiful partnership with God here. Now, here you see man's work. Asking God to send. Now. If you look into the original Greek <clears throat> here, the word ask actually is kind of carrying an imperative mode, so-called command. Actually, God commands us to ask him. We are commanded to ask God, which is man's work, which is our work. The second part is God's work. And then God sent out his workers. The harvest need labor. God knows that, but he preferred to wait until we pray. Very interesting, isn't it? There is always an ask before sin. Sin would not happen after a seminar or after a talk. Sin would only happen when God's people ask God to work. Now, if we don't pray, God would rather wait until we plead to him. It's kind of like a preset in your handphone or in your computer. This is preset. God wants us work by prayer, and then God work by sending. God wants so much of our partnership with Him that He sometimes put us in some very rough situations in order that we can pray earnestly for His working, and then we can experience and share His glory. Now here, the Greek word, very interesting. For sin, is actually called abalo. Abelo is a word, same as the word to cast or to drive out demons with force, of course. No gentleness, force. Ask our God to force people out. This is what this passage, what this scripture is about. Look at this beautiful partnership with God here. Dr. Jim Dennison is that praying position us to be empowered by God, so that we can act in his omnipotent strength, how true it is. In 1929, leaders of the China Inland Mission, CIM, announced a faith goal. Now this faith goal is really a faith goal. It said, in two years times, We will send 200 more workers to China. Well, what a brave goal! Now, think about it. Do you know what year is 1929? Now, let me read out the details of 1929. Now, 1929 is the year called the Great Depression. If you know of history, the Great Depression at that time, at that year, lots of people committed suicide in America, although America was not involved in World War I or World War II direct. Now, at that time, Europe just recovered from World War I, First World War, which is 1914 to 1918, not long ago. Now, having a World War is really something. You cannot recover in one year or five five years, even 10 years. And the economy was still picking up in Europe. And there is a significant drop of mission force. Now think further. Now when we are talking about 200 more workers, now each workers may carry their own family. Well, in that case, it's quite a huge demand on resources. Now this is at the ascending end, which is the Euro-America. Now what about the receiving end, China? Now China was in great turmoil at that time. Now if you know a bit about Chinese history, In 1900, we have the Boxer Movement. It killed at least 189 missionaries recorded on record, and they are not in record. And in 1919, we started the May 4th Movement, which is very famous, very known and famous in China, to promote democracy and science. Well, when we are talking about science in China at that time, it said, all religions are superstitious they have to be wiped off now in 1921 to 1927 in china it has the so-called anti-christian movement by the intellectual people think about it this is the receiving end in china so chaotic in turmoil and in 1931 we have the very famous September 18 incident, or called the Mudden Incident, and sparked the invasion of Japanese on China in China, which is the height of anti-Foreign atmosphere. And then we have the keep always keep going, always running the Kuai Rebellion on the Northwest China. Now it is in such a in such a time that they raised such a faith goal. And by the end of 1930, not even half of the target reached. less than, I think roughly they, in, in, in history is that, about 600, about 60, about 60 applications. Now not application will be accepted as missionaries. They are much, much far, far behind, far, far behind the goal. So what would they do? Well, as it was started with prayer, have it accomplished by prayer. And by end of 1931, the goal was accomplished. In record it said, in 1931, December 31st, there were six men on board a ship heading to China. And add up to the total, which was 203 persons headed to China, and the goal was accomplished. Prayer break in, brings in breakthrough. Now, indeed, this is a mission impossible, but what caused them to set such a faith goal? Is prayer. Prayer help us know God's heartbeat and new things from God's lens. Rather than looking on the surroundings, we look up to God. Prayer helps us to look up to God. Prayer help us to feel God's heart. Prayer help us to know God's heartbeat. It's different, and therefore they can set this goal. When they are being questioned why they set such a goal, this is the answer. They said, we have not finished our work yet, and there are jobs remain to be done. Look at China so many parts of china so many people in china they haven't quite heard of the hot gospel we haven't finished our work yet there are jobs remaining to be done and that's why we have to keep sending people hudson taylor the founder of china inland mission said the great commission is not an option to be considered it is a command to be obeyed do you agree it is a command to be obeyed it's not an option it's not a matter, well, when you feel good, and then you do, you, you feel bad, you don't do. No, it's a command to be obeyed. My wife, elder sister, during preparation for operation, that was just a few months ago, just two months ago. She had a major surgical operation, and she has to admit it to the hospital for uh, preparation, and the and all these things. and. He asked her, she asked herself, shall I share the gospel with the roommate in a public hospital? Well, the answer is, why not? Sharing the gospel should never be bound within the church, within the four walls of church. Sharing gospel should be at all times, at all where. And it is the ought-to-be job done by every Jesus disciple. And the result is, several people were brought to christ including a muslim indonesian man. very interesting right just two days ahead just two days before she took the uh, operations prayer causes us to be the actioners to be the one who performed the actions a much dejected brother after being locked in a concentration camp in west china he then asked in prayer talk to Jesus saying that Jesus are you really with me and after his prayer he feel a warm hand touching his shoulder and then he carry on the prayer asking God God I want to read your words I want to read your spiritual things and God miraculously helped him to be able to read spiritual materials and he started to know every Jesus disciple need to bear fruit for Jesus and that is He he talked to Jesus again. He prayed again. Lord, I don't want to be locked in here without bearing any fruits for you. Well, given he has made such a prayer, God changed him. And because of his testimonies, and four Uyghurs, the Western China Muslims, came to him asking him about his true faith. And then he shared his faith with them. And in a seemingly impossible situation, by prayer, God make it possible, and God make it fruitful. Now let me conclude. Are you willing to start your mission journey by prayer today? Just a few questions. Have you ever asked God to cast out His workers? Now, here again, to drive out His workers, to send out His workers by force especially to those difficult places of people. Have you ever asked God about that? In this time of COVID-19 pandemic, when most things come to a heart. Now, have you taken the opportunity to ask God to turn people's heart to Him? Now, it's time for people's heart to really humble themselves, to kneel before God and to ask for His mercy and grace. Have you ever prayed for this people's turning their heart to God. Now genuine prayer demands putting and pouring efforts. Will you pray the price to see his kingdom come on earth? Now this is some very basic questions. There is always a saying that uh, no pain, no gain. Dear brothers and sisters, when we are talking about mission, when you said you don't know how to do mission, Will you, are you willing to start your mission journey by prayer today? Dear brothers and sisters, rise up. God is waiting to work with you. And may you be blessed.